0: Welcome to Phil and Lisa Ruin the Movies. My name is Lisa Schmeiser. I am your co-host, along with the lovely and effervescent Philip Michaels.
1: Hello. I'm, I'm lovely. Well, thank you.
0: And effervescent. That,
1: well, I don't think that's true, but the lovely thing, that's a, that gives me a nice little lift it gives me a little uh, uh, i can go for hours on a compliment
0: well you should you're also effervescent so the bubble should help too
1: yes that's true
0: (laughs) anyway we're here with our latest edition of phil and lisa ruin the movies attempting to answer the question how do you run a podcast centered around the premise of reviewing movies on their trailers alone when movie theaters are closed yes and,
1: Um. and trailers we can only watch that james bond trailer so many times
0: Uh, We've watched James Bond movies so many times. Oh yes, we'll be talking about that later. We'll we'll hop to that later. Anyway, we're here because we're thrilled to announce that we ran across a whole new trailer on the internet for a movie that will be debuting on the Peacock streaming.
1: The Peacock Network. This is uh, NBC's. uh streaming network if you want to know more about peacock lisa you can head over to tomsguy.com uh, a perfectly fine website where mm-hmm. which has lots of coverage about what peacock is what to expect from it what it costs
0: apparently what we expect is emmy ross of wearing giant enormous fake knockers well we do in the, sure. in the movie trailer for <laughs> angeline
1: i don't think that's in the article about peacock but uh,
0: it should bleed. i bet it would i bet it would murder in the seo rankings yeah SEO, for those of you who are fortunate enough not to work anywhere near search engines or the media stands for search engine optimization, it is the metric by which all the pages on the internet live and die. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before search engines, when you had to jerry-rig the bids for, he- for for human attention the old-fashioned way using billboards, in Los Angeles, there's a woman named Angeline who was famous basically for putting pin-up pictures of herself on Billboards. billboards
1: around town, yeah, yeah,
0: in multra And she would also drive around town in a pink Corvette, and she was literally, it was like a really perverse Barbie.
1: Yes, uh, basically, if an alien, if an alien race form, uh-huh. uh huh. Alien race form, boy, there's a, there's a it's string a, of words.
0: The alien race form, but, honestly, sounds like you're like you're like you're, like, you're, like you're laying betting odds yes. on, on
1: If oh, an oh, alien race form, form were trying to form a sentence, it would sound like that.
0: The yeah, alien race it, form it, actually bets on the on the slime molds of of Dromulax Five. <laughs> I feel good about the yellow tag. Forty
1: lose on the newcomer. That's yes, exactly. So yeah. Um, so with mm-hmm. aliens, how about mm-hmm. just that? Yes. How about just the aliens? Yes. We're up in space trying to figure out how to how to how to, how to infiltrate the Earth. Mm-hmm. They would say the Earth people seem to like blonde ladies with large bosoms. Yes, and and they would they would literally carve Angelique out of um, Angeline, yes, out Angeline, excuse me, out yeah. of uh, out of ivory soap and, yeah. and drop her on the planet. And 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 that it was basically. Um, uh, a twelve-year-old a boy, a twelve-year-old boy's idea of what glamour should look like.
0: Yeah. So the thing I always find really and interesting I was
1: a twelve-year-old boy who lived in L.A. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs>
1: a little off the mark.
0: So again, um, I grew up on the East Coast mm-hmm. in this part of Virginia that's well known for the House of Burgesses, yes. the Jamestown settlement. <laughs> and um Martha
1: uh, Jefferson didn't put billboards up of herself around Williamsburg <laughs> showing a little ankle no
0: put her <laughs> in the stacks the brazen hussy no but my point is is that the aesthetic that i associate with angeline um basically collides in my brain with the Jackie Collins novels of the 1980s. Yeah, pretty much. Because Jackie Collins, as you know, is the twin sister of actress Joan Collins. Jackie Collins wrote these lurid 1980s books about ambitious and sexy strivers in Hollywood. And the thing that's always really interesting about Jackie Collins' books is everybody just wants to be famous. They have un- they have outsized but unformed and weirdly nonspecific ambitions. mm mm-hmm. And this is the thing that um, always seemed to come across with Angeline because she just wanted attention for being Angeline. And we just watched a movie trailer in which, again, Emmy Rossum straps on. It's like a chest that looks like something out of like the Muppets discard bin. It's just <laughs> giant and foamy and has a life of its own. Yeah. And
1: I hope they get billing in the uh, before the title.
0: And whoever does hair and makeup on this movie should get an award nomination for whatever, like, the the, the shut-in awards of 2021 are. Because they've done a great job in transforming the olive-skinned, brown-eyed, brown-haired Emmy Rossum into a a simulacra of what Angeline looks like with Mm -hmm. the the cotton candy coloring and the candy floss hair. Mm -hmm. And um, Martin Freeman, of course, plays the cranky uh, business manager who aids and abets her quest for billboard stardom. And it's allegedly a true story. The way they have it cut is it's mostly um, <laughs> depicting Los Angeles as a city of rubes, easily impressed by billboards. No,
1: not not inaccurate.
0: Yeah, fair. Not inaccurate. Um, what I'm really curious about, however, is back in 2017, there was a fantastically reported um, deep dive uh, that finally gave us a backstory for Angeline. Uh, based on an exhaustingly and painstakingly genealogical uh, amount of genealogical and legal research.
1: Right, because she she always kept her backstory mysterious.
0: Extraordinarily so. Like, for some, she, for and Bank, who wanted... like she and Banksy are both like you know yeah. I would like your attention, but you don't know a darn thing about me. Yes, for thing.
1: someone who wanted, who craved attention, it was like, and then
0: what exactly? Well, this is the thing. She had outsized and nonspecific and unearned ambition, as it were. Uh-huh. Um, she just want she wanted the accolades of fame, but she didn't have anything to offer in return.
1: It would be, um, it would be as if the Cardassians did Cardassian things. Uh-huh. And then we're, were like, Please don't please don't ever show our reality show again.
0: I think what I really love is you called the Kardashians the Kardashians there, and now I'm just imagining that we're going to subjugate an entire race and present a human rights problem in the Star Trek series, Many Find Controversial.
1: I, again, I, I don't think that I've spoken accurately. <laughs> Kardashians!
0: So anyway, we watched the trailer. Martin Freeman has moved into the cranky middle manager roles of his yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Cause this is basically the same role he played in black Panther is like the token dude. Who's like, what up? You're telling me this is a, this is a jungle kingdom with technology. And, he, and now well, he's, he's
1: the audience's surrogate.
0: Yeah. Well, least, the audience are jerks. <laughs> 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 at least if Martin Freeman is our yeah, well, surrogate. So, so I'm curious to see where this movie's going to go. um, Aesthetically speaking, it's 2020, man. Like, if 2020 were where someone's like, "Give me a mood board," like, I think this would be on
1: it. It um, it has a very um, uh, "Dolomite is my name" uh, yeah. feel to it. The the Eddie Murphy movie that came out on Netflix last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, where and we liked that movie, we, we did. But it uh, it, it, it ba- basically it seems to be striving for that. Um. Hey, here's this person who bet on themselves. And, and so, uh, so, you know
0: what this but, kind of reminds me of between. But Rudy
1: Ree Moore was actually had, had some modicum of brought pleasure to some okay, people. Okay, so
0: here's the thing is um, Dolomite came out in what was arguably the year of the scammer. Yeah. Where we're like, Quite oh, true. yeah, because you had that lunatic with her. It's a chemistry in the blood and the book mm-hmm. Bad Blood about Theranos. Uh,
1: Lisa, I believe you're doing her your voice wrong for voice, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, a chemistry. chemistry.
0: <laughs> yes, we're referring to Elizabeth Holmes of mm-hmm. Theranos. And you, oh,
1: man she could have only kept that that scam going one more year oh no oh she would have been feted hey you
0: know people listen to us for escapism um anyway you're a scammer we were supposed to be lionizing scammers because there's a little bit of glamour in being just unrepentantly committed to lying and taking people's money and um 2020 is turning into the year of unearned um the year of honored accolades really mm-hmm. the year of 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 statements that are completely divorced by, from reality and yet left unchallenged daily mm. and what i'm thinking is this ethos that we're seeing percolate through the movies where we're celebrating outsized personalities who have again ambition and nothing to offer society it reminds me a whole lot of like the mid 80s genre of movies like legal eagles and um oh gosh legal eagles was one of i think Robert Redford,
1: Redford, Deborah Winger, Daryl Hannah.
0: And there's one horrible movie that Judd Nelson is in.
1: Oh, uh, yes, From the Hip. From the Hip. From the Hip. I saw Um, that in a theater.
0: There's Michael J. Fox's The Secret of My Success, where, like, Mm -hmm. and and even Working Girl I put in here, where basically the premise is, why don't you want these nice white people to be rich
1: and powerful? Mm. Like,
0: and and that's basically, I feel like we're coming back around to that. Doc
1: Hollywood, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, we're coming back around to that. Why don't you want nice white people to be rich and powerful? I mean, and granted, Dolomite, no, not about white people. But it comes down to, who are you to stand in the way of someone else's quest for power and attention?
1: uh, On the surface, it could be that. Uh um, I have a feeling there might be some cautionary tale element to it, which they're not emphasizing in the trailer, because that would be a bummer. But yeah, right now it sort of looks like Morgana the Kissing Bandit, the movie. Yeah,
0: and the thing that... um, I find myself wondering about Angel because a- again, there are stories that pop up about her from time to time. She sells her image. Like her idea was, I sold myself on the billboard, and if you want to take a picture with her, you have to pay twenty dollars. Yeah. Uh, when a reporter covered her for a publication prior to the Hollywood rep- prior to the Hollywood Reporter thing she wouldn't pose for the photographs without a fan in front of her face because her argument was, no, I'm not going to let you use my face and my image to sell your journalism pay up. And they're like, we're journalism. We don't do that. And she's like, then then enjoy the fan. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'm really curious about is how, um, you know, Angeline fans, and I'm sure they're out there, feel about this movie. Like if they're like, this violates the spirit of how she operates or if anyone even cares.
1: Yeah. I think, the latter, and I don't. Well, I don't know that there's uh, Angelina stands. I, I guess yeah. we'll hear from them.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I'm also really curious how she feels about this. Um, but because I'm curious about it, this is what she has left to sell: is her reaction. So yeah. we'll see how we'll see how the hustle continues. I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: so that was the trailer we watched, and it put me in kind of an LA frame of mind. Yeah, and so we recently went back and revisited another movie, which is about um, the. The so-called glitz and glamour of Hollywood. Yes, um, it's ostensibly about the sausage making in the movie factories, but really turns out to show you that one of the chief chief sausage makers is is just stardust in his eyes the whole time.
1: I it, it, I was interested to see where that was going with talk talk of sausage making
0: uh-huh. and
1: sausage parties and, uh-huh. and all that.
0: I was talking about how Caesar Philip. Yes.
1: Or, yeah. He
0: yes. Even, yeah. No, Philistine.
1: I. A movie that um, I liked when it came out. Yeah. I think we might have actually even done an episode on we it. We
0: probably did because we were both convulsing fits of laughter over the way Scarlett Johansson says, <laughs> Fish ass!
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I liked it well enough. I didn't rate it highly among the Coen Brothers canon. Mm. And each time I see it, I like it more and more. Yeah. It's slowly climbing up the list. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, I don't think it's ever going to... Topple Miller's Cross. Well, no, Nothing no. because that's
1: well. the greatest movie ever made. But I think, um, I think but it might, could, it you know. might, uh, it might squeeze past the man who uh, wasn't there, mm. which is kind of my sleeper Coen uh, Brothers pick.
0: Nah, yeah. Well, if we know anything about Coen Brothers movies, it's that they are so densely layered with imagery, and the storytelling is always filled with nicely loopy callbacks, and they do a great job of directing actors to fit into the mood of whatever particular piece they're doing i mean say what you will about um the,
1: t- the, te- the tenets of national socialism no
0: <laughs> you are in a mood tonight i you- am i'm sorry you, you effervescent imp you <laughs> i'm
1: sorry yes. it was a coen brothers opening and i took it
0: yes this is true what's the one tom hanks
1: oh um, uh, oh the-, the bad one um yeah. Uh, lady killers.
0: Except my thing is, is everybody... No, we like movie, that
1: more than other people do.
0: But everybody in that movie acts at a certain tenor and a certain pitch to keep the move going. Right. And that's one of the things that Coen brothers are fantastic at. And it really, um, is evident in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the lovely... Both the, the lovely, I would say, double aspect of all the performances. Because uh-huh. you have these, you, the movie features a number of people playing actors as principal characters. And you see both the actorly posturing and then the motivations underneath it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Which I really love, but you know, this, this, if you're in an LA frame of mind, it's a fun movie to watch. Like Channing Tatum's performance is just amazing. They light him like he's Apollo. It's yeah. just the 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 way the light is 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 kissing his bronze cheekbones. The dance sequences, the the dramatic flourishes mm. he 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 <laughs> takes on through the whole movie is
1: just I, I, great. I, I, I fear that this this next line is a spoiler, so mm-hmm. you know. Smash your phone to bits if uh, you uh, haven't seen Hail Caesar in the ensuing four or five years since it came out. Or,
0: you know, stop the podcast. Or stop back. the
1: podcast, watch it immediately, come back. But basically, mm-hmm. imagine Gene Kelly, but communist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Imagine Gene Kelly, but communist. Yeah. And half of this fun is if you're an old movie buff, it's trying to map who's who. Yeah. Because um, the character that Scarlett Johansson plays, Deanna.
1: It's Esther Williams with that actress it, Loretta who, Young. L- Loretta Cross Young. with Loretta yes. Young. Yeah.
0: Um, and then you've got the Lorenz Laurence, who is Ray Fiennes, is extremely he a He is
1: clearly George Kukor. And
0: it's, it's all drawing room pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's just a lot of good yeah. fun. And the thing I think that was cracking us up last night, um, was how every single time they allude to an early drawing room picture on wings as eagles, <laughs> you'd hear a faint, ah, in the background. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lorenz
1: it- Lorenz Presents used to mean something in this town. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, if you're somebody who watches a lot of Marvel movies, it's kind of funny to watch a movie in which you have Hela, Thanos, and the Black Widow all running around in 1950s drag.
1: It's the greatest Marvel crossover ever. If
0: there isn't a fanfic about this yet, uh-huh. there should be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, fanfic writers, start your engines. I expect to see the tag on AO3 by the end of the week. hmm <laughs> Right. With a
1: snap of his fingers, Thanos makes three movie franchises disappear. Oh, my goodness. No, oh, no. So,
0: yeah, um, the Coen brothers, I think LA is kind of a muse of theirs because The Big Lebowski is certainly a love Lebowski letter to a certain.
1: definitely an LA picture. And
0: it's a love letter to a certain strata of LA, the LA that's not part of the industry but coexists with it.
1: Intolerable Cruelty is also, kind of, I think, an LA picture yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, isn't Barton Fink?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of It's them coming to terms, I think, with Hollywood.
0: Exactly. So, so you know, L.A. is a muse. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the only L.A. picture out there is L.A. Story or Mulholland Drive. No,
1: actually, I would argue. Uh huh. Pound for pound, I realize New York is a character in a lot of movies. L.A. <laughs> only, uh, but but L.A. Man. Oh boy, do people make L.A. movies from Heat. With yeah. Michael Mann, where uh-huh. L.A. is a character. And one that I'm watching right now uh, via Amazon Prime, and uh-huh. I'd recommend everyone do this, It is my favorite Robert Altman picture. Mm-hmm. A director who, for me, is the Marmite director, in that I either love his movies or I hate them. Yeah. Um, uh, long Goodbye, which mm-hmm. is uh, Philip Marlowe is told with the overlapping dialogue of, uh, of Robert Altman.
0: And see, the thing is, I watched the Long Goodbye as an undergraduate, because mm-hmm. um, our... One of Virginia Tech's movie clubs would do like quasi prestige cinema, yeah, or it's like you animals can can sit through a picture like this, <laughs> and um, I watched that, and at the time, I was taking a literature and film class where I had read um the Big Sleep, yeah, yeah, and then watched that, and the thing that kind of incensed me about the long goodbye with the overlapping dialogue is I love the dialogue and the descriptions in any of those novels. And it seemed, I I get that this is Altman's thing with the naturalistic uh, Mm -hmm. sounds and having to sift through context clues and all that. It drove me bananas because it was completely the opposite of my experience in going through Raymond Chandler's prose and hearing those lines ring like bells in my head.
1: Oh, sure. And it is yeah. nothing like any of the other Marlowe pictures. Oh, no, it's, no, no. Whether it's Humphrey Bogart or James Garner or Robert Mitchum playing the character. Yeah. It is the, it is the shaggiest, mm-hmm. uh, weirdest Marlowe. Yeah. Although uh, I think someone once said it's like, basically it's Marlowe as Rip Van Winkle. Because so he basically has the 1940s car and, and wakes up in but the 1970s. But it's 19- like
0: Lausch 1970s and, culture. And,
1: but wakes up in the 1970s and is still Marlowe, but yeah. just everything has happened. So around. one of my
0: favorite L.A. movies is actually Lords of Dogtown.
1: Interesting. Which
0: is the fictionalized account of the Z-Boys of Dogtown and the taking off of the skateboarding culture in Venice in the 1970s. And it is told with such obvious affection for that specific place and time. I just really love it. I mm-hmm. feel like the peril with Los Angeles movies is if people don't know and love the area, they can get priggish about moralizing it like they did in Boogie Nights. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, or they can... Um, again, get priggish about depicting everybody as vapid and lifestyle obsessed, like, that's actually my big problem with La story, Mm -hmm. is I feel like there's a little bit of contempt for the people of LA. But I think when you get the right director and the right story, um, it can be tremendously affectionate and it's... You know, it's it's not hard to love LA. Yeah,
1: and
0: and it's a it's a phenomenal character because LA isn't just one city; it's just a multitude of cities. It's the only major city in America that's bisected by a mountain range.
1: So let's let, and
0: let, and I find it amazing that we have this huge body of cinema let, that's devoted to exploring that.
1: Let, let me throw a curveball at you because we didn't discuss this in our pre-show meetings. Yes, we actually uh, discuss what we are We usually do. Like,
0: are we going to talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh-huh.
1: Are there any good San Francisco movies, or movies that really get to the <laughs> really get to the heart of San Francisco? Because often I find that San Francisco movies are all, look, cable cars and the painted ladies, and here's the br- there are bridges. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna argue no.
1: No, I I, I was gonna agree with
0: you. <laughs> Look, we're in violent and This is why we're married. We agree mm-hmm. on things. I love my
1: effervescent, <laughs> lovely. We agree that San Francisco movies suck.
0: Well, yeah. so I feel like the problem with San Francisco movies.
1: Full House is the only real depiction of San Francisco. No,
0: no. Everyone knows it's that Don Johnson series from the. <laughs> it's 90s. Nash
1: Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> that really gets to the heart of the city: the no. clash between the old and the new. <laughs>
0: Well, so here's why I think there's no really good movies about San Francisco Mm -hmm. is because people's heads get turned by the fog and the bridges. Yeah. And um, I think that what they miss is that the city is an ongoing dialogue between like, you know, no, it's not. It's an ongoing dialogue between money and culture and art and disruption and tradition. And um, almost none of that comes through. It's a fun place to set things. So you're like, oh, you can drive a car down Lombard Street, but no, no one drives a car down Lombard Street. No one at all. That stuff is for tourists. Yeah. And um, if you were to make a movie in San Francisco, you'd have to set like half of it in a commute. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, Everyone would have to ca- like, like actually, feel the closest the entertainment industry has come to a good movie about San Francisco is a line in Thirty Rock, where Jenna says dismissively of a rival, "Oh, you're going to move to San Francisco right now? Have fun! Always carrying a light sweater." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought it was going to be the uh, the all the presidents men where they take a a, a great dig at the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: you to play me the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. Um, oh, but um, that, that I. I would argue that the movie that comes the closest, and mm-hmm. not anymore, but back in its time, is uh-huh. Maltese Falcon. To throw it back to well, there's also sudden fear movies. with
0: Joan Crawford. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I again, I honestly feel like people's head gets turned by San Francisco a little bit. Um, maybe one of the most accurate uh, filmed portrayals I've seen of San Francisco is when it's you. It's 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 considered the stand-in for heaven in Angels in America. No. Oh, and that's good. The angels are there and San Francisco's falling down and they're stuck in nostalgia and in and, and idealism mm-hmm. and, and talking about what should be as opposed to grappling with what is. And I thought this actually sums up a lot of um the tenor of San Francisco politics. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Our our dear friend Dan Moran might suggest sneakers, the Robert Redford movie from uh ninety one or ninety two. I'm pretty
0: sure those dudes all live in Oakland though. <laughs> Oh, probably No, like my, the best scene in Sneakers, which is actually a very good movie, is I like when they tell you which bridge is which by the sound of traffic going over it. Yep. Because everybody's like, oh, the Golden Gate with the fog, or, or occasionally, oh, the Bay Bridge. But like there are five bridges that span the San Francisco Bay, and mm-hmm. they all have their, their uh, pros and their cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a movie one time that was, I thought, like one of the most patently ridiculous set in San Francisco movies. Uh-huh. Can, it's called Little City.
1: Oh, I don't know. This and one. the
0: premise is that Josh Charles is a cab driver in San Francisco. Oh, no, nope.
1: <laughs> Already, nope.
0: And John Bon Jovi is like his womanizing bartender friend.
1: Nope, this is not a good movie.
0: <laughs> and they live, love, and laugh in San Francisco, except everybody seems to live like in Pacific Heights on their bartender and cab driver salary. <laughs> no one is working in tech in the 1990s. It was just, I was watching this and I kept thinking, um, this is insane. Oh, Actually, I do know a movie that features San Francisco as okay. a character that is not terrible. Yeah. Um, so I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, no. Oh, oh yes. Oh, God. My brain
1: was going, oh, she's going to say the Axe Murderer movie, and I won't cotton to that. But because go ahead. It, because go it, ahead.
0: Captures a, it captures a certain... Um,
1: Why not Mrs. Doubtfire, Lisa?
0: Because Mrs. Doubtfire has too much money. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the thing I love about So I Married an Axe Murderer is it it's it's, it's basically... Just one thing? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna, effervescence or no. Um <laughs>
1: This will be the episode which actually ends with a murder. Yeah. So stay tuned, everyone.
0: No, um, Okay, go ahead. It reminds me a lot of Tales of the City that that, 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 that compulsively terrible
1: Holy shit. <laughs> Armisted Mulpin, is he dead? Because no. if he isn't, he's gonna hear this and wish he were. You
0: know he was my neighbor?
1: I did not know that. Yeah,
0: he was my neighbor when I lived in San Francisco.
1: I did not know that. Yeah,
0: lived right up the street from me. Wow. Yeah.
1: So uh, clearly, he irritated you because you're comparing his his work to a Mike Myers movie. This love guru is very much like and the band played on.
0: You're not letting me explain, and I'm sure I could make that argument if I've had enough to drink.
1: (laughs) You know, Austin Powers Three.
0: It's about imperialism, Philip. It's a lot
1: like uh, the VC situation in San Francisco, right? Go ahead. No, it's Go about ahead. Koi. I'm sorry.
0: Austin Powers 3 is like Koi out of <laughs> 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 No, no. So, when, all right, a little bit of story time. When yeah. I first moved to San Francisco and was like, okay, I'm 3,000 miles from home. Everybody here thinks sourdough is acceptable. And, um... Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are throwing down markers tonight, left and right. Go ahead. <laughs> Armistead Malpin is like Mike Myers and sourdough is shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're putting words in my mouth you effervescent darling you <laughs>
1: okay.
0: um, anyway a coworker handed me this stack of, of um, Tales of the City books and said oh you should read this because it will give you the real story as to what San Francisco is about and let me tell you, when you are living in a rented flop house with four strangers <laughs> yes. and you are reading through this series of books where everybody lives in improbably charming neighborhoods and never has to worry about parking and there is just an endless string of coincidences and everything is is chalked up to San Francisco magic, you realize that there are people who live in San Francisco who have invested it with this certain kind of Twee mythology. Mm the idea that your life is fantastic, and urbane, and yet cozy, and um, just cosmopolitan enough. And so when you watch So I Married an Axe Murder, which starts with like like this huge flippant cup of cappuccino and has a pretentious beat poetry event. And there's like an artisanal butcher as your love interest and a weird ass Scottish wedding. And everybody knows everybody in San Francisco. It is basically the same sensibility, that same self mythologizing, aggressively twee, curated quirky. We love the city sensibility run through an awful 1990s bowl cut and a pretty good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So that is the thing is for me, they hit the same buttons. Okay. 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 That's fair. That's well And worried. now Austin power one is about the, the, the <laughs> fall of imperialism.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Austin powers two is about the Barbary coast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, no, I don't think there's, okay. I, I don't think people, there might be a movie where like, maybe there's a movie that's set in the mission that we don't know about. Yeah, because the mission has one of those. We haven't seen successes. the last black
1: man in San Francisco. I understand that's quite. Good. My mom loved it. So okay, well there you go. That. Has the 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 senior citizen seal of approval.
0: Well, you know my mom's review of um, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, have we shared that with the
1: podcast? I don't know that we have. If we have, it's good enough to share again.
0: Yes, my extremely, my my, my very devout Catholic mother, who goes to all of these movies, my very devout septuagenarian Catholic mother, comes back from having seen Bohemian Rhapsody. And she's like, he was so talented, and he just had so much love to give. Yep. And that was the review. <laughs> Freddie Mercury was a talented man. Put it on the poster. Just so much love to give.
1: Yeah. Um, I
0: think she had a similar review of Rocket Man and how it was a pity Elton John didn't conquer his demons earlier.
1: Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. that—that That is the takeaway message from Rocket Man. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, before we move off the city topic, I want to throw something out to the readers. Mm-hmm. Or listeners. Listeners, yeah. I forget what medium I'm working in right now. Um,
0: okay. Um, yeah, go ahead, and then I'll ask mine.
1: Because, um... As I mentioned on the last podcast, I recently watched uh, the the original Thomas Crown Affair, which is set in Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, in the past year, you and I watched uh, Next Stop Wonderland.
0: Yes, also set in Boston.
1: Also also set in Boston. One of my favorite Wonderland. One of my favorite movies is uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, Uh uh, set in Boston and the surrounding environs. Uh Has there ever been a movie that, that has made you go? Oh, Boston seems nice because all these movies make you go. Oh, Boston said. Crapple. Well, like, and the thing is, I like, I have loved, it. Every- I, and I, I say this as a man who enjoys going to Boston, like I have, and enjoys going, going to Massachusetts. Yeah, 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 it's it's a nice place, and yet every movie is all, oh, we are grimy and awful. Like you will every- not like it here.
0: Well, it, it, I think it Philip is-
1: Seymour Hoffman is here, and he's unpleasant, and
0: Jeremy um, Renner is gonna
1: Jeremy Renner is gonna you
0: with a sap and take your money. And- <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. There, <laughs> yeah. you might run into Ben Affleck. Ooh, God. No,
0: no. Um, and the thing is, like, and and also thanks to the Martin Scorsese movie,
1: The Departed. The Departed. The Departed. Uh,
0: as a result, like, the problem is, is now every time I'm in a certain neighborhood of Boston, the Dropkick Murphys begin playing in my head. <laughs> um, so
1: that's certainly not yeah. helping things. No, again, yeah, not a movie that really sells you uh, yeah. on Boston as something <laughs> other than. A crime-ridden hellhole.
0: Violent Irishmen will divest you of your life and liberty. Yeah. <laughs> Which can't be true. There's got to be some violent Italians, too. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
0: no. I- They're in Providence. <laughs> oh! Actually. Oh! Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Is a fantastic series. Ran on Showtime for three seasons. Mm-hmm. And um, it is basically Sopranos only New England. Yeah. And crossed with like The Wire only New England. And they do actually get into how the Italians and the Irish are scrapping for ever-diminishing pieces of a pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to stream free on Amazon Prime. I believe now you have to have Showtime to stream it. Okay. But it's very good. Uh, a++, highly recommend it. And the other thing I wanted to ask about is uh, there are some city, American cities when you go, and we're just talking American cities right now that when yeah. you go to them the people you talk to you or even just being in the city you have this real sense that people are super invested in their city and super into it, and you can just kind of feel the mutual love affair going on. And the two I'm thinking of most specifically are Seattle, sure, where it's 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 kind of a grudging, withholding love, but it's <laughs> unconditional at the same time. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like Seattleites are not loquacious and and garrulous people, but you know they they do have a real deep sentiment towards their city. And the other the other city where I'm usually just bowled over by how much people love it is Chicago. Oh sure. And so, uh, you know, in keeping with this, keeping with the, the curveball questions, are there movies that speak to you about either city where you're like, oh, yeah, this 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 vibes with Seattle or this vibes with Chicago?
1: Seattle, I don't know so much about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, the, the obvious answer is singles. Yeah. I could tell you the worst movie ever set in Seattle. And that is the remake of Get Carter, <laughs> which they they said. Yeah, Newcastle is a moody town in England. What would be the American equivalent of that? I know Seattle. Basically, they picked Seattle because it was vaguely hot in the 90s. Uh, and it allowed them to make things misty and, then, and overcast. You know,
0: they could have gone to the docks in Oakland. They
1: could have done lots of Maybe things. Maybe run
0: into Steve Perry and the rest of Journey making more videos.
1: Anyhow, yeah, that that is absolutely the worst movie ever uh, about any city. Yeah. Um, as for Chicago... Goodness sakes! Well, you've got the Sting. Yeah, uh, is a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin and the Seven Hoods. Yeah, has a very uh, the Untouchables. Mm-hmm. For heaven's sake! All, All appar- oh, apparently, if you if you set a movie in the 1920s and put it in Chicago, I'm a I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: So I'd like to hear suggestions for contemporary ones. I think High Fidelity will probably come up.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good. One. Um, that's a good. One. So there's that. And that's a that's a movie that successfully. Translated in English setting to yeah. an American one. Yeah. Unlike, say, Get Carter.
0: And I want to point out that John Cusack lives in Chicago most of the time, so I think that helped a lot too. Yeah. You have, if you have somebody who's deeply involved in every stage, that'll mm-hmm. that'll work. Yeah. But yeah, um, I love it when movies give you a sense of place, and the place is a character as well. And um, getting back to Robert Altman for a minute, <laughs> nah! yeah, one of the things. Um, with the caveat, I really feel like Doctor T and the women is an active act of misogyny. Um,
1: that would be one of the bad movies that he's made.
0: Like I feel like I feel like Robert Altman should be sending donations to like Emily's List or <laughs> you know the 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 Squad in the House of Representatives or something. Just well, as, not like, now penance. because
1: he's dead. But uh, well,
0: his estate can still get on it. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, movie actively hostile to women. I did find his acute documentarian style eye to be not inaccurate about certain aspects of Texas that way though. Hmm. And again, Texas is such an outsized place and one of the things is is Texans like lean into that too. Like you know, I wanna love something as much as Texans love Texas. Like that's how it is. So Terrible movie, great sense of place, and I think you can have that sometimes, too.
1: My, my Texas movie uh-huh. would be um, the David Byrne uh, True Stories.
0: No, if you want to talk about real Texas movies, Hell or High Water.
1: Oh, okay, sure.
0: Hell or High Water, it's a fantastic movie. I keep telling you we have to watch it, by we the way. We do, and um, perhaps we will. One of these days. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're not so busy going out and about.
1: Yeah. We're not going
0: anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, movies with a strong sense of place are are a thing of joy sometimes. Yep. You know, it's a Very great... Very much so. I mean, if, if one of the powers of movies is either to take you out of your current environment or to allow you to empathize and understand another person's life, if a movie can also give you the gift of understanding what it's like to be in another place, um, more so the better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's fun. Okay. Anyway, um, Los Angeles... Uh,
1: <laughs> Los- city of angels, city of dreams.
0: Well you know what um i'm gonna say that i i love i even love dopey comedies set in and around los angeles
1: um yeah yeah absolutely
0: i mean for all that i have a lot of complaints about knocked up and boy do i but i think it did capture a certain millennial energy about the place mm -hmm. um and and tied into it
1: always the um anytime you get a, a movie that um differentiates between the San Fernando Valley and the rest of LA. Yeah. That is good stuff.
0: Oh yeah. No, especially. No, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Takes the insiders. So, you know, um, I'm open to hearing if there's any good movies about San Francisco or where San Francisco is a character in the movie. Um, pro tip, the Hulk movie made by Ang Lee does not count. Neither of the Ant-Man movies count. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, try again. So there's that. Um, and let's move on. You've been you we watched Long Goodbye. Yep,
1: yeah, and yeah, I I think we've reached the uh, what what have we been watching uh, portion of the program. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been going through the uh, Bond, the James Bond library. Yeah, because uh, that's. All available on Amazon now, I think, because they've they've made Epics. They free. made a deal
0: with Epics, and it's free until May second. So yeah. we found that deal through our Apple TV. So if you have Apple TV, feel free to go cruising for that too if mm-hmm. you haven't already.
1: And and I, I I should preface this by saying I did not grow up watching Bond pictures. Yeah. I, it really wasn't my thing. I like Goldfinger, mm-hmm. and I've seen the Daniel Craig Bond movies, but that's yeah. about it. So I've been uh, plumbing the archive and. Yeah. Uh, Uh, over the weekend I watched, uh, uh, live, and
0: live, let die. live and let die
1: which is not a very good one it was roger moore's yeah. first movie mm-hmm. and um
0: oh wow there's
1: boy a- there's, there's some uncomfortable race issues in that movie uh, again
0: the, they should they should make reparations to some well, like this the, the, the it is
1: basically you know, a exploitation movie yeah uh which i, I enjoy uh, a lot of exploitation movies i think shaft is great mm-hmm. yeah um but this is like a black exploitation movie where it's like yeah, but what if the white people weren't so bad?
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's like Hear no, me that's out. not the point. Hear me out. What yeah. if voodoo, but wrongly deployed? Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so, and you've got you've got Jeffrey Holder uh, yeah. adding a new uh, definition to those Seven Up commercials. Crisp when and clean. Yeah. And no caffeine. Never had it. Never weird. Yeah. Ha ha ha! Yeah. I'm eaten to death by snakes. I know that that is unpleasant to watch. Um... So we, I watched them. I watched Thunderball, which was the um, the movie right after uh, uh, Goldfinger, in which they said, "Hey, let's just keep doing Goldfinger until people get sick of that." Mm. Um, and Thunderball is not very good either.
0: Is that the one that ends with the uh, explosion on the yacht?
1: Yes. Oh lord! Where once there was a yacht, now there, there is, is not. not. Yes, that's
0: yeah. yeah. Bless you, Arrested Development, for giving us that. Although it
1: has the um, it has my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Bond villain lady name. Uh, yes. <laughs> Fiona Volpe.
0: Yes, because Volpe is, is Latin for, um... Yep,
1: for wolf. Yes, Volpine. And boy, is she Yeah, ever. she's
0: Volpine, which is mm-hmm. an excellent adjective, one yeah, of my favorites.
1: Yeah, so that's, that, that's a good one. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. the only really good thing about that movie. So, um, yeah, I'll probably mm-hmm. be watching another Bond movie and being disappointed by that, because, really, I had seen the good ones. Well... <sighs>
0: The Bond ethos is just so weird, anyway. Yes, because it's it's.
1: Our daughter occasionally wanders into the room while I'm watching the Bond movies, and will lecture James Bond about all the terrible things that he's doing.
0: Yes, how he should he should treat women more respectfully. Is a big lecture that she
1: yes. has to give. Yes, I will slap you, James Bond. You hear a lot of that. Oh my god! In a high pitched nine year old voice, it's great.
0: <laughs> I will. It's what she. Th- we we've never. Where did she get you to slap him?
1: I. I don't. You know. know. Yeah. It is a mystery.
0: Yeah. I've certainly never threatened physical violence against a Bond villain yeah. or Bond himself or you even. No, not me. Just by the ample provocation. Yes,
1: there. exactly.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Have you watched
1: anything lately?
0: I worked my way through the Netflix series Next in Fashion, which was uh, the reality show in which two extremely attractive people um, uh, hung out with designers and basically vetted up-and-coming designers and came up with one who was considered to be the next in fashion, as it were. And like all of these... um, so like 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 most of these reality shows that are based in competence, it, it starts off with like sixteen people. The challenges winnow them down. Um, there's not gamesmanship in it per se, which I actually find very refreshing. Um, it,
1: it's basically the uh, it's top, lo- chef, top chef of fashion.
0: Exactly, it's the top or or the Great British Baking Show of fashion. Okay. Everybody is lovely and warm and collaborative and highly skilled. And um, it got me thinking about why we don't have more fashion reality shows, and I really feel like the answer is because um, it's such a highly personal, um, venture. Like everyone's aesthetics are different. And, uh, fashion is like on such a tr- hamster wheel at this point, it's difficult to make something that's going to land with people and be relevant. And very few people want to watch a show about selling. They'd rather want They'd rather watch a show about the finished product. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it got me thinking about that. And, um, Now I'm kind of on a quest to see if I can find anything on the streaming services that might be a little more fashion forward. Because um, really good costume designers can just be a joy when it comes to defining an age or hoping to push it in a different direction.
1: Well, I think you would like the, um, and I haven't seen this, I'm going mm-hmm. off of other people's reviews, but the yeah. McQueen documentary on, <laughs> uh, on Amazon Prime, I oh, want to say.
0: Yeah, that. For example, I actually really liked Blade Runner 2049. Ah, there and you go. the biggest reason I liked it was because I couldn't get enough of the clothes. Hmm. Like, the outerwear was just beautiful, Phil. Oh, my gosh. Like, ugh. You just look at the coats people wear, and you were like, oh, my gosh, how did they get that cut so perfect? So, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I like looking for movies that give me a sense of what's coming. And um, Next in Fashion also highlighted that one of the challenges in streaming services is that they do have kind of a formulaic approach to movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the same way like Hallmark movies, everyone's always wearing like a red Christmas sweater. Like in Netflix movies, everyone's always got like a a baby doll dress on with a whimsical accessory or whatever. And so, you know, I'm kind of on the quest for something that's uh, a little different, a little unusual. And
1: I have time. so. (laughs) So there we go. And speaking of time, Lisa, I think we're out of time for this week.
0: We are. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you have movies... That you love because they give you a wonderful, strong sense of place. Or if you are like us and occasionally love movies because they're so bad at giving you a, a wonderful, strong sense of place, please hit us up on Twitter um, or hit us up in the member Slack. I promise I do come in and chat with people.
1: Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Not Phil, just me. No, no, He's too
0: busy being effervescent, all those bubbles. It's yes. hard, hard for him to be nailed down to the bubbles, keyboard.
1: Bubbles, bubbles everywhere. Yes. A wonderful, a wonderful.
0: Anyway, everybody wash your hands, stay yep. safe and healthy. Thank you for helping us flatten the curve. All right. I'm Lisa Schmeiser. I'm
1: Philip Michaels. And this has been Phil
0: and Lisa from the Movies.